The Kinky Cocktail Hour is brought to you by Motor Bunny, the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator that offers fabulous creative sexual experiences. We use it and it rotates, it vibrates, and it delivers mind-blowing orgasms. Enjoy Motor Bunny as your favorite sex toy. When you order the Motor Bunny, multiple attachments are included along with the link controller, which allows wireless control from anywhere. Motor Bunny is the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator on earth. Use the link in the show notes and spice up your sex life with a Motor Bunny. You're listening to Kinky Cocktail Hour a conversation between adults about sex-forward relationships, kinky lifestyles, and frank communication. If you're under 18, please stop listening and visit scarletteen.com. I'm Lady Petra, and my pronouns are she, hers, and we. I'm Safa Master, and my pronouns are him, his, and we. And this is Kinky Cocktail Hour. Cheers! Cheers. Okay, what am I drinking today? You are drinking a new drink. <clears throat> okay. It's called a tequila honeybee. Tequila honeybee, okay. Yeah, so you use two ounces of reposado. So we use good reposado. We have a good one. And I made just, just got done making a honey syrup. Okay. Okay, so an ounce of honey syrup, three quarters of an ounce of lemon juice, and you mix that all together and shake it. Strain it over fresh ice, and then you put two dashes of Angostura bitters float on top and serve it with a lemon peel. Yeah, it's pretty. So if you want to stir it in, you can. I got brought you a little stir if you want it. It tastes just like this. It smells good. Man, that's just like delicious lemon juice. Is it good? Taste it. You'll taste it. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, it's just like delicious lemon juice. Yeah, that's like really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yummy. It's a good one. So, you know, what's interesting is that... Angostura bitters floating. When you take that first sip, you get left with a little Angostura bitters. You do at in the, the back. Yeah. yeah, that's a delicious drink. It's a. I looked up summer drinks, and that's like a summer. Yeah, summer all the way. Yeah, I'm a yes. I'm a yes too. The Kinky Cocktail Hour is brought to you by Slub USA, the world's strongest, most powerful male masturbator. Visit Slub USA at slub, S-L-U-B-B dash USA dot com. Today's conversation is brought to you by WeMinder, a behavior chart app for kinky couples like us. Learn more at WeMinder.app. So this is chapter one, our part four. Part four, yeah. Which is really just a random part really between areas of the book that we determine. We just stop because there's stop. too much to, to reflect on. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot to take in. All right, so this is interesting. So first of all, the story drops us back to her second day in the chateau. Mm-hmm. So it's still like a brand new experience for her. And she's brought to the area where there's a fire that she's to tend and pour coffee. And there's two gentlemen who come in, one who's apparently younger than the other, and there's two other women present. Mm-hmm. And what occurs is the taking of the two women by one of the men. He makes one of the women finger the other and so forth. Mm-hmm. And then 
she's brought over by the older gentleman and he's basically fingering her pussy and her ass. Yeah. And that's what's happening to her. And all of this is happening kind of in silence. It's not like there's any conversation mm-hmm. or anything. Right. The, the, the one younger man says, oh, bring over the whatever that chair is called. Ottoman. The Ottoman. Bring over the yeah, Ottoman. Bring over the Ottoman. Right. And meanwhile, O was fucked by this guy the night before. Right. On that Ottoman. Yes. And he, like, she recognized his voice. She even snuck a glance to see right. what the voice looked like. And he was a young lad, mm. you know, which made my mind immediately go, this is a gentleman's club. These are wealthy right. people. This is a young guy getting sewing his oats in the beginning of his young adulthood kind of thing. Sure. Families do. This is what normal families do. <laughs> <laughs> right. Then her partner comes in, Renee, and he calls for, it's hard well, to discern. Well, he comes in and he just watches her. He watches at first, but he calls for this like box of accoutrements. Well, that's later. When he first enters the room, yeah. the guy complains to him, is this yours? Yeah. And he says, yes. And he goes, well, as he's fingering her holes, he's like, her holes are too small. This has to be remedied. And Renee's like... Kind of like, at first I thought the book was going to go in the direction of like, whatever. Right. But then he goes, basically whatever, but you know best. So then the next scene is them back in her room where the accoutrements come out, all right. the devices. Right. And and really what it is, it's a series of expanding butt plugs. Yep. And they're inserted and chained. And these aren't modern butt plugs. These are no. butt plugs that mimic the shape of a shaft. Yeah. And they get wider at the bottom. Yep. And she's progressively over, it doesn't say like what period of time. It's of like eight, eight days. days. Yeah, she's progressively, her ass is trained to be like. To relax m- around that size. The it's, larger and larger sizes. And it's because they wear them all the time. Like she has a, a kind of a, somewhat like a chastity bivol, but for your ass. Right. Where the chains are attached so they can't be removed. And she's wearing these. And the only time they're taken off is before she's changed the wall at night, which means that's probably when she gets to go to the bathroom. Well, we don't know. Let's be honest. That's not addressed. That's not addressed. That is something that needs to be addressed. It should be addressed. (laughs) It should be addressed. As an ass whore, you would know this. You would know this. Yes. Anyway, so the way that I see this is... You know, this is her second day. She's starting to get, like, seriously trained. Later in that... Which, let's be honest. Let's just go through this. Seriously trained. Eight days. Seriously trained as an ass whore. I mean, she's enduring it. Okay, let's just say that's what's actually happening here. That's not really training. Training on a normal occasion I don't don't mean she has any say in it. She doesn't. I'm saying, from their point of view, they're training her ass to expand. That's yeah, what, the, that's, what they have in a short-term situation is yeah. an expanded ass. But if they don't keep up on it, it's not going, it's to, not stay going to stay expanded. Yeah, we don't know what the, what comes next. However, there's a occurring of her self-assessment as being prostituted in this environment. Yeah. And she's actually like loving the experience. Like she's sucking random cocks, she's getting fucked randomly in her holes. She's basically being used as a sexual object ongoing. That's the thing though. And that's, you know, that's the whole part of this whole being used as just a object, but she's not acting in my opinion of like a slave object. She's actually has an identity. She's saying, I feel more beautiful. Right. I feel sexy. I right. feel this. 
and I'm not saying a slave can't feel that, but what sure. I'm saying is when we talk about loss of agency and just being a vessel where, yeah. hey, you're a chair now, that's what you're going to be. That's not her, the way she sees the no, situation a, at all. At all, yeah. So that leads me to think that even though we talk slave, there's some agency still happening here. For sure. Yeah, at some level. But see, I, I would argue that that's always true. There's Maybe. no such thing as... I agree. I don't think there isn't no such thing, but there's lots of things that slaves could go through that are not something they wanted yeah, to but, here, but here's the thing. Like as a slave, from the owner's perspective, you have no agency. Right. But on your own, you can she still... She has agency. She anyway. has her own personal agency. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Anyway, so she's enjoying the experience of being sexualized completely. Yeah. And she's getting fucked and she's getting whipped and she's getting... Like her ass is getting trained and she's being used. And then this part of our journey ends where her partner comes into her room and professes his love for her and uses her uses her and then asks her if she wishes to be whipped and he wanted well he he wanted to whip wanted her. her to be whipped but he i don't know if he asked her to be he wanted her to ask to be whipped. to be whipped yes that's right that's right that was powerful yeah and this is our first inclination that she's a masochist, mm-hmm. is that she requests that. Yeah. Now, they don't really describe that in that section right. of her requesting it. They really go to her reaction to the whipping. Yes. So we aren't quite getting how that transpired in the sense of, you know, my love, may I have my whipping or how. It, right. Because, and truly, is it is he whipping her or the no, valet? No, the I think the valet's whipping, whipping her. Yeah. So I don't really know how the conversation, but I also know that they're not supposed to be speaking and so maybe that's on purpose. It's not described because he says that. And then because she follows his direction to the position of whipping by getting chained up again, then that means she's giving permission or no, consent. I, the, way I heard I mean, it I was, just, the way I heard it was she requested it and then he called the valet in and then the valet attached her to the chains and then he whipped her yeah. and then he took her down and kissed her and told her he loved her. And they told her he was leaving for a week. A week or two weeks. A week or two weeks. Something right. like that. So he's basically throwing her to the wolves at this point. And her experience is, this is kind of awesome. Yeah. Now, this is early on. It's early on. It's two days in, right? <laughs> and yeah. Renee's been around. Right. What is going to happen when he's gone? Right. So, okay. So that's kind of what happened in this experience. So I'm interested in your interpretation of it. Hmm. I think the being used and the way you see yourself, I can identify with that part of, oh, like feeling sexy, feeling desirable, feeling like the point of interest, that kind of thing, just by the serving your dominant. I think that's very evident for me. The titillation that she's going through with the using, and she's experiencing new things like butt plugs and things like that. I think there's a titillation with that in the beginning and then it just becomes a thing you do. Like I get that a lot online on FetLife. Like people can't believe I've wore butt plugs this many years. Right. They always want to know the size. Like everyone's a size hound. They want to know the size (laughs) and they want to know this too. Quite frankly, at this point, if I wear too small of a size, the the butt plugs actually cut into your sphincter. It's it's very uncomfortable. So you want the right size for you. Everyone's body's different. So it's not being about being a size hound. It's about finding the size that fits for you that you can move in your everyday life seamlessly, right. but be reminded that you have a butt plug in, you know, that's kind of, kind of thing. And, you know, the idea is true when you wear a butt plug and then we've seen 
yeah, it's easier to be an asshole. And when you haven't worn a butt plug for a while, if it's been over extended period of time, it's harder. It's just, it just, you have to use your techniques of relaxation better. Yeah. Initial shock, the the muscle memory, the the muscle tone has to remember that that's what's happening. So that's one thing. I don't know. They talk about the base of the butt plugs getting wider. I think there's a issue with, in just biology, the issue with the finkster of being around something that's so girthy at the bottom right. versus what a normal butt plug nowadays has a taper in it right. to allow the sphincter muscles to clench. Right. There's something, there's two schools of thought that someone wants just a gaping hole. There's a right. lot of people that do that. That's a fetish where people want to just see gape and they get off on that. But there's also tone on that muscle. And you're talking long term. If you're playing in this manner long term, the health of the anus basically long term. I mean, people lose function of their bodies as right. they age. You got to be careful what you're doing. You don't get that kind of that smooth tissue. Right. It doesn't just come back. Smooth muscle. Yeah. yeah that that's, It doesn't just come back. It's not like a bicep or something like right. that. So you have to be careful. But if you take care of yourself, I think it's very enhancing. So I can see that. But I think the way they're basically just imagine it's like a dildo of different sizes that they're sticking in and just leaving there while she's moving around. I get that that creates some movement and so that on the back side of your g-spot would create you know maybe some titillation but it's the actual sphincter that you have to worry about right the story describes her being gradually expanded with these dildos yeah but for eight days over eight days yeah which is really it's not really going to ultimately expand but we also don't know what they're using we also don't know the size, right. you know, the, it could be super tiny. I'm not, and I'm not trying to be, you're not judging. I'm right. not judging. Like right. I'm trying to compete. I'm just saying it could be because of the taboo of the ass in general. It could right. be anything I stick in your ass. Cause she was a little bit like, wow, he's sticking his fingers in my, ass, you know? Right. So the idea of it could be a smaller one than a bigger one, a bigger one. And yeah. by the time you really compare, it isn't like what we see on nowadays with these Giant I don't know, cocks. four inches wide or right. something like that. Like you're delivering a baby out of your ass, right. basically. I don't know. I don't think that's the goal. I think what they're trying to, I think the goal, if I was my dominant side, I would say, is to make her pliable enough and wide enough for a larger cock so that there's no tearing. Right. Because if they damage the toy, they can't play with it, right. basically. Yeah. Yeah. So this was her experience for a few days. And it's interesting. Yeah. And then the other question I had for you was, in the world of her as a masochist, like mm-hmm. this notion of her requesting to be whipped. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. I mean, they talked about her marks in the beginning. She had five right. marks on her ass. She had to show them. She had, she to, had to show them. them. Right. She had to display them in the coffee room before right. she served. And they didn't really talk about her react other than she did what they said to do. Right. So we didn't get a lot of reaction there. It'll be interesting to see how that further develops because then when Renee says, I want you to ask for this yes the whipping that's the beginning of her her connection to her masochism to ask for because i know that was a big thing for me yeah it was actually when in the process and i didn't you know i didn't know i didn't know the rules is what i'm going to say but there aren't any rules we're making our own dynamic but i really what didn't know what i should or shouldn't am i being not submissive enough if i start to tell him what i need and want you know and that that seems like more of a normal relationship. So is that what I'm supposed to be doing? But the whole point is, and I get it now, is it's all about consent and agreements. Right. And so there was a time where I just said to you, 
or I asked, I think I did it in the middle of the seam. I just asked for another mark because right. we were going and going and I couldn't tell if you were going to move on to something new or you were watching for my reaction. But I was like that last one, I can handle another one. So I just asked for it. I just. That, that was true then, but actually there was an earlier time where I said to you, you're going to ask to be marked. And you were like, that's not fair. I don't want to, oh, I don't yeah. want to be like, you're making me fight against myself. I don't want to yes, do that. Exactly. But actually what happened was you actually were more connected to being marked than you realized because eventually you were like, I want to be marked. And then you requested marks. Right. right. And then after that, you started requesting marks in the actual act of being marked. So there That's was an true. earlier moment where you were confronted by your desire to submit to my desire for you to be marked. Correct. And you, you actually requested marks. You yeah. actually presented yourself with a cane yeah. for me to mark you. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's why I'm really interested in this conversation because this was her first opportunity to request marks. Yeah. It's kind of a mindfuck, at least it was for me in it, it. I don't, I don't think it falls into anything like shame where I'm feeling badly about asking more, but it, but it almost feels like you're crossing a line. It's a definitive line on, who are you as a person when you are requesting this? Yeah. And of course you'd say as masochist, it seems easy, but I hadn't quite got there, got there with right. that's who I was. I thought that was a part of me, but I wouldn't say that that was me. Right. right? And I was, I was also fighting the idea of like, what, what will this position me as? Then I get to be everyone's punching bag. You know what? I need to be able to enjoy what's happening here. You know, and I, lots of stories came up in my head on why I would do this or what am I going to, what hole am I going to fall down if I, if I declare this, right. and if I declare this is the, so then right. that's the expectation now. And so there was a lot going through my head. So I can only imagine there's a lot going through her head, but now with her lover being gone for a couple of weeks, I mean, this is all going to change because she's not talking to her lover now. These are all just random people. They're random people. And these are valets who are there to whip her. Yes. And random men to use her. Right. Yeah. It's going to like shift. It's going to be an interesting shift. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, progress in the book. I know. Great. That's it for today. If you're interested in kinky relationship coaching, online domination, or if you'd like to sponsor the pod to keep it going, please visit our Patreon website at Lady Petra Playground. You can reach me via email at ladypetraplayground at gmail.com. Our music is composed and performed by Roger Ferguson, who can be found at rogerfergusonmusic.com. Till next time, cheers! Cheers!